and please welcome our host, Christopher Rausch. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Rausch, your No Excuses Coach, and I'm proud to say that I'm here to help you become a rock star in your life by overcoming your limiting beliefs and having amazing confidence and just rocking who you are. And with that, um, get ready for this because this is going to be a crazy conversation. Without any further ado, we're going to be welcoming our guest to the show... Tina Sibley, what's going on? Welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, my dear. How are you doing? Uh, thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good, despite the fact that it's 4 a.m. here in Spain right now. <laughs> it's 4 a.m. in Spain. I know, it's crazy. That is so awesome. Thank you. That That is a record. I think I've had somebody get up actually at 3 o'clock in the morning in England and do the show from their car. Um, that was that was an interesting experience. I don't highly recommend it. The lighting is not very good. Uh, we didn't have much of a chance to check it out. They couldn't, didn't want to do it in their house and they didn't want to wake anybody up. So they're like, oh, I got this idea. I'm going to do it in my car and uh, with a little lamp. So it was a very dark conversation, but it was a, it was a great conversation, as a matter of fact. Um, so thank you for being here. Appreciate it. We got Lee in the house. What's up, Lee? Thank you for being here. We got Margaret in the house. Margaret, I was just thinking about you the other day. Um, I was just talking about my workshop and I forgot to tell Margaret about my workshop. She told me to tell her about my workshop and I forgot about it. So I apologize, Margaret. The workshop was last Saturday. Uh, it was amazing. Um, Robert in the house is howdy, Christopher, Tina, Lynn, and Debbie. And uh, Debbie says here, would love to visit Spain. Absolutely. I mean, the pictures you post look absolutely tremendous. So thank you for being here. Thank you for getting up at the crack of dawn or before the crack of dawn, I would imagine, uh, to be here to share this story. So my first question to you really is, you know, being a success expert in your field and having overcome, you know, some limiting fears and beliefs, what do you want to get across most to people tonight, you know, that are watching or listening to this broadcast? What do you really want to convey to people to get through their mind of what they're capable of and what their opportunities are? The biggest message is, well, there's two really. Number one is never, ever, ever listen to those naysayers who tell you you can't do something. And it's also that you are capable of doing more than you ever think possible. All you have to do is push those limits. And and it's amazing what you can achieve. And I, I would never have believed what i managed to achieve in the last five years except for one day i just sat down and decided i'm not going to run those old stories anymore and it's as simple as that really just simple as that you just decided i'm not going to run those old stories anymore what was the breaking point for that there had to been something that preceded that that to get you to the point to say you know what i just can't do this anymore because i know a lot of people are there but they just don't know what to do so they stay stuck in that overwhelm thinking that someday hoping wishing and praying that something changes talk to us about that moment and and really what clicked for you yeah it was um fear of missing out actually chris uh, it was uh, it was very strange because it was um the christmas new year of um De uh, december 2018 and i had just moved into a fabulous apartment the, the the place that had been on my vision board for years uh in the south of spain overlooking the golf course and the sea and it was amazing and this is this has been my focus and on my vision board for so many years and the strange thing is over that christmas and new year period once i got through the excitement of you know unpacking the boxes and getting settled i felt really strangely flat flat it, very flat almost bordering on depression and i'm like 
what's going on here? You know, how can I possibly feel like this when I've just achieved everything that I've been aiming for? And I, I realized all of a sudden I didn't have a purpose anymore. I didn't have a direction. I didn't have something driving me. Um, I was also very tired. I'd had a very crazy year of traveling and, um, an aunt that I was very close to had passed away that September. Mm. And at the same time, I ended up in hospital with a bit of a health scare. Everything you know, was fine in the end, but um, they picked up uh, a heart condition. Now, uh, it turned out that it's minor, but the two sides of my heart don't beat it in exactly the same time. There's a slight you know, difference nanosecond difference and and in the end everything's fine but at the time i i wasn't sure what was going on and i i thought you know what i need a holiday (laughs) (laughs) and i started thinking you know about all the remote working opportunities and this that and the other and i realized actually i just want a good old-fashioned holiday i don't want to do a working thing i want a trip and i I came back to this idea of um, going to South America. I've always had this calling um, with the South American culture. I'm a, um, I am love salsa dancing, and I say that I'm a, a Latino at heart. And mm-hmm. um, Where are you originally from? I'm originally from the UK. That's what I thought. Um, I just want to make sure I didn't want to make an assumption, but yeah, that's, what, that's the accent I'm hearing. Yeah, and um, a lot of people in the UK get called to uh, Asia and Australia, but I've always felt called to South America. And I kind of thought, oh, I've always wanted to hike the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. And I suddenly realized that this had been something that had been on my bucket list for years, about 30, 40 years even. And it's always like, oh, I'll do that one day, one day, one day. Mm-hmm. One day, and someday. So, exactly. And I suddenly realized, you know what? If I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So I started looking into it. Now, here's the thing, Chris. I was not a hiker. Um, I, at this point... You wanted to go to Machu Picchu, but you weren't a hiker. No. Okay, Uh, it's like wanting to go to the Grand Prix, but not knowing how to drive a car. Exactly. I I know. Um, And I... I um I was massively overweight, you know, stresses of life and all the rest of it. I uh, although I've been a coach for a long time, I'd never got my uh, health and fitness really sorted. I had a massive fear of heights, and I attempted hiking before when I was in Spain, and some of my friends, you know, were going into these amazing places up in the mountains, and I was like, oh, that looks amazing. I want to come, and they were like, no. You wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you wouldn't be able to keep up. You're scared of heights. You wouldn't like it. And I'm Those like, are well, great I'll... friends. Those are great I know, friends. I, Those are great I, I was like, well, I want to try at least. You so can I... do it, Tina. Come on. Let's train. Let's yeah. have fun. Come on. We can do it. But this is the thing. They were right. I went with them and I couldn't keep up. And there was a place that they went to. And I was like, no, I can't do this. I'm scared. You know, there was some like drop offs. And I'm like, mm. So I went, you guys continue. I'm I'm going to do my own thing and wander back and meet you up for coffee afterwards. So I'm like, not a hiker, scared of heights, overweight, unfit. And I'm like, I want to, but I want to do the Inca Trail. Um, 
what kept you going in that? I mean, like most people would sit there and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back to what's safe and certain and comfortable. What kept driving you to get out of your own comfort zone? It was that fear of missing out. It was like, so I, I started researching the holiday and I could, I realized that I could actually get to Machu Picchu by train. Didn't have to hike the Inca Trail, but I'd always said, I don't know. I had this like fascination with the Incas. Even though I wasn't a hiker, I wanted to do the Inca Trail. And I was like, okay, so can I do this? And I'm like, well, there's only one way to find out. And that's to book it. So I, I hit the button on the book now. I just knew that if I got to like being in my 80s in my rocking chair on the porch or on my deathbed lying there, that if I didn't at least try, I would regret it yes that fear of missing out and that fear of regret so i started and i i thought well i can't go hiking with this like hiking group because i can't keep up so i started on my own and i started small i started with the hill behind my house and then i realized that actually i started to really enjoy it as long as i could go at my own pace and Mm -hmm. that is the secret i was comparing myself with people who were either a lot younger than me or if they were my same age as me or even a bit older and they'd been hiking for 30 years yeah and it was completely crazy for me to compare myself and try and do what they did so i just had to do my own thing my own way and i found you know what i can do this you found um, your rhythm. Yeah. You found I your found rhythm. It. You built your confidence. What yeah. I love about that, Tina, is you took imperfect action. You took, yeah. that's what we were talking about in my workshop this weekend, was like the fact that you just take imperfect action. You put one foot in front of the other. People ask me all the time, like, Chris, how did you overcome all the different things in your life? How did you get to where you're being at? And I'm like, literally, I, I talk about being unstoppable all the time. I talk about no excuses. I'm like, I just put one foot in front of the other, taking imperfect action, figuring it out each step of the way and not ever giving up. And just like pushing through those limiting beliefs, like, oh, I can't do it. Yes, I can do it. I can do it if I just keep going. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. But through that, through that getting out of our comfort zone, talk to us about that growth mentally. Like what oh. after when you're experiencing this, what else did you think that you can accomplish after doing something in so many va- facets said not to? Like, talk to us about that. It was first of all, I I I got some help with overcoming the fear of heights. Uh, because that was a big one for me. But what did you I do? Had- did you do NLP? Did you do uh, uh, well, the thing is, I mean, I'm an NLP practitioner myself, and I've been coaching 25 years, and I've done it all in that time. I've done it all. But I couldn't do this by myself. Yeah. So I had two sessions. That's all it took. Because then once I had those two sessions, and I had sessions with um, EFT, emotional freedom technique. Yep. And those two sessions, along with my own NLP and coaching and all the rest of it, that was enough. And uh, and also, I realized that there's this process, which is, so a lot of uh, coaches will tell you, you know, to immerse yourself. They use this immersion technique. Like, so if you're scared of heights, go jump out of a plane. If you're scared, (laughs) yeah, you know, if you're scared of spiders, go handle a tarantula, that kind of thing. Right. And I tried immersing myself before in like climbing activities and this that and the other and it 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 never worked it just made me worse 
it traumatized me even more but i started small i started just going like um looking over a two-story balcony and then going up a bit higher and uh and then there's this um i live very close to gibraltar and in gibraltar uh there's a trail called the mediterranean steps and um uh that's kind of got some scary drop-offs and i started to do that and i started to feel comfortable with it and then there's this like bridge to a cable car station and previously i'd had a meltdown and a panic attack because it's like on the side of the rock <laughs> it sticks out. there's massive drops and i remember before when i went across this bridge to get onto the cable car like many years ago i had a panic attack hyperventilating nearly passed out you know that's how traumatized i was once i had the eft once i'd done some visualization work yeah. i kind of um i went onto this bridge and i'm like wow i can do this <laughs> and it was just like wow and i got loads of stories in fact you were talking about a book earlier i finally published my book all about the the transformation to go and do the inca trail and i that in there i tell loads of stories about the mental transformation i had to go through um and the thing that kept me going was the visualization yeah, I, to go go deeper on that go deeper on that because uh, actually i was talking about that in the in the workshop because yeah. our minds don't know the the difference between real reality and and, and perceived reality because we all have bad, exactly. bad dreams yeah. and we wake up and we think oh my god you know i just felt yeah. like i was falling from a 20 foot story building but nothing ever happened but our mind perceived it so our body reacted to it yeah go deeper on that will you well when i had the um idea that i wanted to do the trail i started doing a lot of research and you know it's like good old google you start looking at all the images and the pictures and then you get a youtube and you look at the videos so um and i realized that a key point is something called the sun gate and you climb up these stone steps and you go through this like ancient stone gate and when you walk through you see Machu Picchu in the distance for the first time. Gotcha. And I visualized this. And when I did my EFT session, that came up for me with such a powerful emotion that it moved me to tears. Wow. And I was like, I have to do this. It wasn't just I want to do this. It was I have to do this. And even now, just recalling the story, it gives me goosebumps. And it was such a powerful um, visualization that when the going got tough, that kept me going. Mm. And so when, when you were, you, you said something before about what, you know, you told yourself, I have to do this. Mm. Talk about that. Talk about the, 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 the negative self-talk, but so many times we talk ourselves out of things before we can give ourselves an opportunity to do those things. And I tell people there's two words to eliminate from your vocabulary, always and never, because half the time I said, I always screw up or I never go through with it, or I always do this, or I never do that. Talk to us about the importance of that self-talk combined with the visualization for people who might be sitting there thinking, you know, I'm afraid of, of stepping out of my, my career and, and starting my business. I'm afraid of leaving this relationship because it's comfortable yet I'm not happy you know yeah. talk to us about talk about this combination of, of visualization and the negative self-talk uh oh, the, the negative self-talk <clears throat> was definitely present uh, and it was are you crazy you know you're not going to be able to do this and I'd had okay so 
the, the negative self-talk began for me when I was very young and I craved adventure. And I was told, uh, no, that's not for you. I mean, I, I'm of the age where um, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as like girls going to scouts. Only boys went to scouts. And I was like, you're a little girl. You don't do that. And the other thing that I was told was, um, oh, you're not sporty. You're academic. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of grew up with these limiting beliefs um, and even with all the coaching and, and, and everything I still re I realized I was still holding on to those beliefs mm -hmm. so I was determined to change that story and um, I just I felt I owed it to myself yes. um, to deal with this and as you say make no excuses and I was like I don't know if I'm going to be successful, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Ooh, yeah. I was going to give it my best shot. And um, if I didn't make it for whatever reason, because of the altitude or because the distance was too much for me, or I just thought I'm going to at least hold my head high knowing I've tried. I'd rather mm. try and fail than not try. Oh hell yeah, sister! Yeah. That'd be a stand, standing ovation on that. Yeah. I want to dig. I want to dig deeper on something you just said, and because it's a question that I ask nearly all of my guests, because I've been fascinated with this for years now. You said your best, and so oftentimes we tell ourselves, "I'm doing the best I can." I do. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I did that for myself years and years ago. I thought it was like a couple of years ago, but I realized it was probably about seven or eight years ago now, where I came home from work. And I was putting my keys in my wallet up on my dresser. And I said to myself, and sometimes I talk to myself out loud. Actually, I talk to myself out loud quite a bit. And I was like, I did the best I could. It was some sort of situation at work. I can't remember what it was. And I went, check. Like, Chris, was that your best? What is like, and I said, what is your best, Chris? What would it, what would have been your best? Like, you're just saying you did the best you could because when we're kids, like, did you do the best you could, Tina? Yeah, I did the best I could. It's a get out of jail free car. It's like, oh, you did, we'll do better next time. Nobody ever qualifies or quantifies what our best is. And so I've been fascinated by this because over the years, I have really dug deep into this and I've get my, my clients to do the best through a different, through some modalities. Talk to us about that. How can we get people to realize that they're really not doing their best and how can we get them to do their best? Well, this is where I found that working with people in these extreme situations and adventure works because when I when I did the Inca Trail, I had this like moment. It was actually on day three, and it was up in one of the high mountain passes. Now, day two is renowned to be the most difficult day. That's where you go through the highest elevation, uh, through a, a pass called Dead Woman's Pass. Oh, so that's I, not that's not scary. Dead, woman, Dead Woman's Pass. <laughs> Well, fuck me in the What am I doing? What am I doing? You're going to die today, pass. Really? Okay, I'm going to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> but on day three, I'd already done it. And then I got up to the highest point during the morning. Uh, and I knew at this point I was going to succeed. And I'm sitting there on a rock on my own. All I can see is mountains. And then a condor flew by me. And I had this incredible moment of joy achievement um and i i i realized i want other people to experience this yeah uh, because i felt unstoppable you know but it didn't stop there that at the time i thought was my best 
Uh, but when I came home, somebody said, for a joke, uh, what's next for you then, Tina? Kilimanjaro? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, now, if you'd said that to me five years ago, before I'd done the Inca Trail, I would have, like, fallen on the floor laughing. When I picked myself up, I would have said, you're insane. It would not even have been on my radar as something remotely possible for me to aspire to. Mm. But once I'd done the Inca Trail, once I'd had this moment at the top of this pass where I felt unstoppable, when somebody said that to me, it just planted a seed and I'm like, why not? <laughs> so I started researching it. Oh, I love that. Why not? Why not? And like say, why, why, why not me? Why, like, why me? Why me? Why not me? Yeah. Like uh, the simple switch. So I decided I was going to try. So I did. And um, unfortunately, on the first time I did it, because by now, the first time I, when I did the Inca Trail, I was 59. When what I did, the? <laughs> say uh, what? When, when I, when I did, when I did uh, Kilimanjaro, the first attempt, I was 61. And I'm for, it's an eight day expedition. And on the night of day one, I got sick. Uh, I, I passed out. The guides had to carry me back to my tent. Uh, amazingly, the following morning, I kind of rallied and they, they checked my health over and they said, you know what? I thought my, my expedition was over already. And they said, you know, how do you feel? And I said, well, I feel okay. I mean, obviously I don't feel brilliant, but I'm not ready to give up yet. And they right. said, well, we'll let you continue under strict observation. We'll have somebody with you because this like, there was eight of us, uh, hikers and we had, um, four guides and a massive team of porters. So one of the guys was allocated to be with me and, uh, you know, observe how I was doing. And I went down then with a sickness and diarrhea bug. So by the time, I know, by the time it came to uh, day seven, which is, or, you know, the night of day six, which is when you do your push for the summit, by then having had a week of sickness and diarrhea, you can imagine I was drained. I was like, no fuel in the tank um but don't ask me how now i summited <laughs> i'm like i and it's just that stubbornness of yes. not wanting to give up and um it normally takes between six and eight hours on average to go from base camp to summit it took me 11 hours and the poor guide who was with me was so patient and encouraging they were fantastic and the thing that nearly stopped me wasn't the altitude, wasn't the sickness bug. It was the cold. I had nine layers on and I was still too cold. I couldn't feel my hands or my feet. I was shivering. And I actually did say it was the only time I voiced a negative um, uh, moment was like, I don't know how much of this cold I can take. Mm -hmm. uh, and bless him, the guy took his own coat off and put it on me. No and I thought, if somebody's gonna do that for me i have to just keep going <laughs> and i made it i just like and it was literally one step at a time and um a lot of people ask they say they get put off by the enormity of the journey ahead yes when i thought about that i just thought i can't focus on that or it will be too overwhelming and i just focused on the next five minutes, the next five steps. 
And I realized that if I just endure the next five steps and the next five minutes, and then the next five steps and the next five minutes, and just keep enduring and keep going, I'm going to make it. And one of the best moments was not, well, obviously getting to the summit was like amazing but yeah. one of one of the best moments was when i realized that the sky had gone from black to dark gray and i realized oh my god it's morning it must be about 5:15 5:30 and i realized i've survived the night i mean i left at 10 quarter to 10 the night before so i've been hiking since quarter to 10 and by now it's about 5 5:30ish it's 61 uh, years old right 61 years old and <laughs> yeah. what degree temperature it was about minus 20 and the oh, wind God. chill the wind chill was even crazier because the wind is like nothing i've ever experienced um it was so bad i had a poncho and he was trying this guy he was trying to get this poncho on me and i had to give up if you can imagine i'm on the middle of this mountain this is about three o'clock in the morning we had snow hail it was like a blizzard and he's trying to get this poncho on me and he can't find the hole for my head. So I'm underneath this poncho and the poncho's flapping around at a million miles an hour. And I'm literally under this poncho, freezing my like, you know, bits, bits off. off. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I not home <laughs> in a nice, you know, cozy bed? And it, honestly, Chris, if I had been Harry Potter and I could have just apparated myself <laughs> out of there, I think at that point I would have. <laughs> yeah. And but that you... was the point when he gave up on the poncho and that was when he gave me his own coat. Bless. So, yeah. But it, I wouldn't change it because this is what showed me what I'm capable of. And coming back to your question earlier about um, pushing your limits, Yes. and doing your best there is nothing like an extreme challenge like this to get you to realize how much strength you actually have how resilient you actually are and what you're capable of and so that's we... why now i want to take people to the Inca trail i want to take people to kilimanjaro and i want to coach them through the whole process because what i was able to do was map all of these experiences onto my life and my vision for my business is bigger than ever before. Um, I had a health, uh, the last year I've had health challenges, um, but it's given me the tools to cope with all that. Because mm, you are the epitome of unstoppable. I just want to grab a couple of the comments right here. Margaret says, I love this. Thank you, Margaret, for being here. Got Princeton Clark in the house. What's up, Princeton? Good to see you, brother. He says, focus on the present moment, take the steps and embrace the process. Hell yes, it's absolutely true. Uh, I got Darlene in the house. What's up? What's up? Princeton's giving you an applause uh, big time right there. You know, I mean, it really, it truly is. It's about, it's about getting out of our own way and getting out of our own mindset because a lot of what we base our life on is our past experiences. And so oftentimes we focus on the mistakes and the failures and we focus on the fear of what is somebody going to think about me? 
Talk to us about that shift in perspective of the people around you that were going, Tina, you can't do that. You you're overweight. You're this, you're that. What, how did you, how did you blow their minds by going and doing this? And, and what has shifted for them in that perspective to be able to sit there and say, maybe next time I'm not going to tell somebody they can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's like funny, cause as you said, it, it was the people closest to me, my family and friends who, who were the naysayers. Yeah. They're the ones Ooh. who said, no, you can't do this. And uh, I think now they have a, a newfound respect for me um, because I, I, I and I because I was sick the first time. And when I it was really funny because halfway up that mountain, I, I well, let me backtrack first. When I was on the Inca Trail all the way along, I loved it so much that it was like, yeah, I want to do this again. And I want to coach people on this trail. I, I'm definitely coming back. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to bring people. It's going to be fantastic. Halfway up Kilimanjaro, I'm like, never again. This, <laughs> this is a one-off, bucket list tick, been uh, there, done it, never again. Two days after coming back down, I'm like, that was awesome. I want to do it again. You want to do it again. <laughs> And I want to do it without the tummy bug. So I did. Six months later, I did it again. Um, and there's something addictive about that achievement. And there's something addictive about it's not just you achieving. It's the whole team thing. And it's the whole, um, like, you have the help. I learned so many lessons. You have so much help from your fellow um, hikers, yeah. from the guides, from the porters. Um, everybody kind of like bonds together to help each other. And I've realized now that it's important to have the right people around you. So since yeah. I've done this, there are people in my circle who they've dropped out of my circle it's it's yep. it's it's like Good. yeah and it, it's kind of like they couldn't understand why the hell I wanted to do this in the first place they didn't agree with me putting myself through this I don't I don't know but the people around me have changed and yeah. those that are still there the way that we interact has changed and now if I go hiking the one thing I realized I still can't keep up I am not a fast hiker. Um, and I've realized now I don't need to be. So no. I will go hiking now with people that want to take things a little bit more leisurely because I want to enjoy it. I don't mm -hmm. want to go head down as fast as possible to get from A to B. I want to enjoy the uh, trail. I want to take in the nature. I want to be more mindful uh, about the experience and the journey so uh and now if i do go with people who are faster and they're having to wait for me i don't care anymore what they think because i'm like yeah mm. i've done kilimanjaro twice you know <laughs> so i don't really care anymore <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling when you can release that need to care what other people think? Yeah. I've seen so many people. I've had so many people. I've helped so many people recently with that particular breakthrough is not to give a shit what anybody else says or thinks yeah. about them just to be authentically you. If that's the pace you go at, that's a pace you go at. Guess what? We're all still going to get there. We're all still going to celebrate. We're all still going to enjoy it. We're all going to do it at our own pace and we're going to do it in our own way. 
And I think that's such a beautiful thing because so many times you said at the beginning of the broadcast, and you guys are just joining us, go back to the beginning of this because it's been on fire since we started, is the fact that, you know, when we sit there and we think about, you know, that comparison, right? Comparison's the enemy of success. Oh, that person's there. That person's doing this. This person's doing that. That person. And then we sit there, oh, I'm inferior. It's all a bunch of bullshit. That person just may have jumped a little bit earlier and now we're just catching up. We don't need to catch up to that person. They're at their own pace. We're at our own pace. And the point is to enjoy this journey. This is a journey. Life is not a destination. This is all about the fact that I get to be who I am. Somebody was asking me the other day, I was telling him the story about how I met Les Brown and how Les Brown told me he could put me on stages, but he couldn't do this and couldn't do the swearing, couldn't do the way I looked. And I looked at Les Brown, the famous Les Brown. I looked at him in the face at the Sheridan Gateway Hotel and I said, Les, I appreciate you. I love you. I respect the shit out of you. I would love to go do this with you, but I got to be me. And that was hard. I left so much money and so much fame on the table, but I'm so glad I did that because all throughout my journey, whenever I go, I can say that I've authentically been me. And I think it's so important. What you said is sometimes we have to let people go. We have to wish people well, and we want to hang on to those people. We're like, we'll, we'll, we'll bend over backwards to get people's validation and opinions that don't even fucking matter. Yeah. When all of a sudden that if you get the right people in your life, it's incredible what you can accomplish. And you've perfectly demonstrated that. Thank you. Yeah. And it's funny you should say that because, uh, oh, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I wanted to speak on stages. You know, I wanted to be like the female Tony Robbins. And I joined the uh, whole professional speakers association, Toastmasters and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I had come from a corporate background. So I realized that, I don't know, there was something that I never really got to where I wanted to be with it. And later on, and, and when I started doing all this like mountain stuff, I realized that I never got to where I wanted to be because it wasn't right for me at that time. And right. I was trying to fit into that world, but it was like, I think it's a little bit different now, but back then it was all about like the ladies all wore these, like it was power dressing, heels, mm -hmm. perfect hair and makeup. And then that has never been me. I've always been happier, you know, on horseback, on mountains, on beaches and all the rest of it. Like now, if I'm asked to speak on stage, I, and I, so I moved away from it and I went, no, I'm not doing that. And that's not who I am. Right. Good. Now, if they invite me to speak on stage, I'll go, hell yeah. But you know what? I'm going to turn up in my hiking gear and, okay, I'll, I'm not going to be quaffered. I might put a bit of makeup on and, you know, brush my hair so it's tidy, <laughs> but I'm not going to do the whole suited, booted, because that's not who I am. Me neither. Who, who I am is just me. And I want people to be able to relate to it because when I used to go to all these conferences and I used to sit in the audience, I couldn't relate to the people who were on stage. Right, exactly. And I could, oh, but that's them. That's them. That's okay for them. I can't do that. And I would put them on a pedestal. I don't want to be on a pedestal. I want to say to people, I'm just ordinary. I've done some extraordinary things but I'm an ordinary person. And if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the way that I want to relate to people and show up for people. We need more Tina's in the world like that. We need more Christopher's in the world like that, because that is so, so important. We're sitting there comparing like, oh, that person's this, that person's that. I came off a multi-speaker stage one time wearing the suit and tie. And I looked around, I said, we're all saying the same shit with the same triangle hand pose, trying to impress the same people. I'm like, 
I'm not that. I'm a rocker. I'm a biker. I'm a smart ass. I have tattoos. You know, I'm, I just want to be me. And, and so I joined a mastermind. I got around people who were brighter and smarter than me. And they're like, Chris, you, you don't fit into that hole. You, you need to be exactly who you're going to be because the people out there are going to resonate with you. When they resonate with you, they connect with you. When they connect with you, they yeah. know, like, and trust you. And that's going to be your segment of society. And I think Absolutely. that's so important that if people could just get their head out of their ass and stop worrying about what other people think and trying to be what they're totally not. And, yeah. and find the find the people that they resonate with. It's pretty incredible what it is that you can do. I love uh, what Princeton says here. He says, love you, Tina. I admire your tenacity and dedication, taking your own journey. We get one life, own it. Absolutely. We, uh, we, we appreciate that. We, uh, um, and, and I want to shift gears for just a second, because obviously you're, you're a coach and you, you, you help people successfully achieve what it is that they're afraid to be achieving. What are, I'm a, I'm a questions freak. I love questions. I love asking myself questions. One of my favorite questions is, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? Right. And then sitting there thinking about that. What are some of your favorite questions for your coaching clients and for yourself to ask yourself? And then what are some of the questions that you like to ask them to really inspire them to, to shift that? Because we're not talking about like massive shifts. We're talking about like, you know, what's one way I could look at this particular situation a little bit differently that by doing so, maybe I see that a little bit differently. Maybe I see that a little bit differently. Maybe I see that. A, and so I'm not looking over here anymore. I'm not looking in the past. I'm not worried about the past failures and mistakes and all that stuff because it's actually helped me get to where I'm at today. I was just telling yeah. somebody today, I was telling them, I said, what? And they're like, well, I'm just tired of, I feel like life, life is happening to me. And I'm like, what if, what if this? I said, what if this? I said, you've survived 100% of the things you've been through. Yes. They said, yes. And I said, is there any reason why you're not going to survive 100% of the things you're going to go through? Well, no, I just don't want to go through them anymore. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Perspective. You're going to, you're going to go through those things, right? Yes. Okay. When have you learned and grown the most? When things were easy or when things were challenging? When things were challenging. So I'm building this case, right? And I'm like, how about this? How about just considering this? Everything that has happened and everything that is happening is preparing you for what's next. Yes or no? Oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Like everything that has happened and everything that's happening is preparing you for what's next. If yeah. you keep looking at that shit, guess what you're going to get more of? Talk to yeah. us about that. Talk to us about some of those questions that you give to your clients and you think about asking yourself to push yourself to be that best that we've been talking about. Yeah, there's a couple actually. The first one is talking about, you know, what do you really want? Uh, In terms then, of what? And go deeper on that because I think some people will sit there and say, well, I, I want money, I want fame, I want yeah. happiness, but, but deeper. It's, deeper it's like, you know, first of all, it, it's, it's the question that comes up with all that stuff. What do you want out of your life? Um, and then it's, well, who are you really? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then it's like, is what you want or what you think you want in alignment with who you really are? Yes. Because if they're not in alignment, it's never going to happen. Um, and I start getting them to go deeper on why they think they want what they want. And some mm -hmm. things then turn out to be valid and some not. Some are goals that have just been programmed into us by the other people around us. Yep. And then once we figure out, you know, and then it's like, what are you really, truly capable of? And that's why I like these extreme adventures to really show them what they're truly capable of. And then it's, it, it's like when they come up with something that they really, truly want that is an alignment and it's like, well, what's stopping you? Um, and then there's these four questions that I like to ask and they're kind of different ways of coming up with the same thing. But one is, 
what would happen if you did this uh what would happen if you didn't do this uh what wouldn't happen if you did do it and what wouldn't happen if you didn't do it wow. and it kind of sometimes when you ask that same question in those different ways that's when you get to the truth of what's going on yeah it's really powerful um and and it's about getting people to understand you know that the journey that they've been on we are affected by our past experiences and we need to decide that our past experiences form our beliefs about ourselves yep. and what we're capable of and it's about choosing to say okay i have this belief because of that is that serving me or not love that one and it's kind of me. if it's not serving you why are we holding on to it yeah and how can we change that um and 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 like for me my belief was that i was a hiker and i was not a physical person and it was like well is that serving me and i'm like no <laughs> so I decided to and I and, and and here's the thing sometimes you get something intellectually but it's not until you do something physically uh that you get it and yeah. it's like on the mountain you know one of the things like so it, 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 if you've got a personal or a business goal and it it's like the summit of a mountain and it seems so far ahead and you've been going and you've been going and you've been going and uh and when you're physically on the mountain you can do that thing where you just say like oh the summit seems so far away still and you can say well yeah but turn around see how far you've come yes and when you're on a physical mountain you can actually see how far you've come mm -hmm. you know yeah my god i didn't realize that we were up this high already now you can do that in life and you can like look back and go yeah but look at what i've accomplished so far now here's the thing you can understand that and you can get that intellectually but when you do it physically it takes on a whole new meaning and a whole new level and it goes into your dna and when you work on your mind and your emotions and your physical body all at the same time with an adventure in nature suddenly you get it in a way that just working with the intellect alone can't do so true yeah you got to combine mind body and soul tina said yeah. god so you're, telling, you're telling me i need to go jump out of a plane all right all right oh uh, maybe i i did i did zip line one time that i was scared to death to do and you're right you know when you do something that you physically think is nauseating you're like okay i'm gonna zip line a half mile through this jungle it was pretty crazy but i just sat there you know what? all i gotta do is clip in all I got to do is clip in. The next thing I got to do is just let go. Next thing yeah. I got to do is scream my brains out and have a good time <laughs> and make it to the other side. That's it. And then once you do those things, you look back and you go, wow, was that really so hard? Or was that really so amazing? Yeah. You know, yeah. this has been an amazing conversation. I could talk to you for hours. Definitely have you back here on the Ron Unscripted Show. Where can people get a hold of you to continue this conversation? Because I know they will. Uh, best place to get hold of me is Facebook. I'm really uh, big on Facebook. Uh, Tina Sibley, my profile picture is me on the top of Kilimanjaro. Um, my website is nice and easy. Uh, you got it there, tinasibley.com. So they could also get a hold of you on IG. 
yeah i have to say i'm not a massive ig user i kind of need to do it more i keep forgetting <laughs> well i'll tell you what here since i've got it right here let's just post this we'll put the we'll put the link in the comments and that way people can go click it right now sometimes i do that so there you guys go there's uh tina's uh facebook post all right there you guys can uh, go click on that and join her and uh and have a conversation with her again if you guys missed the beginning of this broadcast go back and watch the first part of it because we've been on fire ever since we started and for those of you guys who weren't there Tina is calling in from Spain and it was four o'clock in the morning now approaching five o'clock in the morning. So Tina, thank you so much for being here and, and sharing this, Pleasure. this amazing conversation with me. Uh, I'm super excited. Go to Tina for you guys listening on the podcast. It's S I B L E Y. So Tina S I B L E Y Tina Sibley.com. It's all in the show notes. You guys could check it out. If you're listening on podcasts on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to it. Tina, I'm going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to finish off the show. But thank you again for being here. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You are awesome. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, appreciate you guys all being here. Princeton in the house. What's up? Appreciate you. Andrew's in the house. Thank you. Thank you. We got Brian Keith in the house. He says, hey, good evening. Hello, my kick-ass brother, Christopher. I was actually going to reach out to you today, Brian, and see what was going on. Uh, I was going crazy, going crazy. Um, Princeton says here, having a team and a community is everything when working towards extra, an extraordinary challenge. Yes, brother, you know that. Um, Darlene in the house. Robert in the house. Thank you, Robert, for being here. Uh, Margaret, thank you for being here. Lee, I believe you're new to the show. Thank you for being here. He says, get 1% better every day. It's funny because that's exactly what I was talking about in my workshop this weekend was that 1% improvement every single day. When you think about what Tina was talking about, it's that one foot in front of the other. Think about that. Don't look at the enormity of the situation. Go, oh my God, I got to start a whole business or, oh my God, I got to leave this relationship. Oh my God, I got all these different things. And because that overwhelm and that stress creates cortisol within your system. And what do you do? You feel overwhelmed. You feel chaotic. You feel anxious. And then what do you do? You go to your short-term gratification. I'm going to go to my Netflix. I'm going to go to my drugs, my alcohol, my sex, my gambling, my shopping, whatever it might be, because I want to escape this enormity. I want to escape this feeling. I know I've been there. Trust me. I'm a past master at that stuff. But it's pretty incredible what it is that you can accomplish when you sit there and say, I'm going to take one step at a time. I'm going to, what's the one, what's the next thing I can do by doing, which is going to help me become a little bit more stronger, a little bit more confident in what it is that I'm doing. I talk about the 1% rule, the 1%. Like if you can only walk around the block today, walk around the block today, tomorrow, maybe walk around the block and a half. Maybe the next day you do two blocks, you know, whatever it might be. If you're trying to lose weight and get in better shape, maybe it's one less bite of your food. Like you're sitting there, you're looking at this food like, oh my God, it's so delicious. I could eat the whole thing. Maybe I just don't have one more bite. And maybe I sit there and I recognize myself. Wow. I walked around the block a little bit more. I had one less bite. I was a little bit less negative today. I, I'm not hanging around the negative people anymore. I'm taking, I'm taking that 1% action every day. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. All of that stuff, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls builds on itself. This is not an overnight thing. It has taken you 30, 50, 40, 50, 60 years to get in the situation you're at. And you're like, man, I want it to change tomorrow. It's not going to change tomorrow, but guess what? Guess what? Yesterday was the anniversary of September 11th, 20 something years, 21 years. Like, boom, think about the next 20 years. Think about the next three years, what it is that you can accomplish. Think about three, six, nine months from now. Think about next year. How much different can I be in another year? Can I be in a different relationship? Can I be in a different job? Can I have started my business? Can I start my side hustle? Can I get in a little bit better shape? You know, I talk about the five things, sleep, nutrition, hydration, exercise, and vitamin D. Like how much water are you drinking a day? 
you're 80% water. If you're not drinking half your body weight in ounces of water every day, guess what? You're dehydrated. And if you're dehydrated, you feel like shit. Guess what? If you're not getting outside and getting some sun, not having the vitamin D, if you have a vitamin D deficiency, you could be depressed. you got all these different things. You're, 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 you're getting four hours of sleep. You're not getting any deep sleep because you're looking at your phone before you go to sleep. All of these things, your nutrition. Oh, I eat like shit. Like, think about this. What is it that you're doing for yourself? You think about you start feeling better for yourself. You start doing better for yourself. You start talking better to yourself. Like Tina said, you start getting around the people that are most important in your life that really support you and say, yes, go jump out of that plane, Chris. Yes, go start that side hustle, Chuck. Yes, go out there and leave that marriage that you've been depressed and sad about for the last 20 years. Go out there and take those risks because at the end of the day, what legacy do you want to leave? I know for me, I wake up every single day and I say what I'm grateful for before my eyes open. I say what I'm grateful for. And then I set the intention for the day. The intention today is to use my words and my, and my actions to make this world a better place for who I am and what I do. That's the legacy that I've written in my eulogy. Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair. He will have risked for which that mattered. And he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. You should know your legacy. And then as you're going throughout your day, is this a part of my legacy? Yes or no? Is this getting me closer to or further from my legacy? Yes or no? And then you stop yourself and sit there and say, okay, what's the one thing I could do by which doing so right now will change the trajectory of my thought pattern and therefore my results? And let's guess what? It's not easy. But I tell you what, it's fucking worth it. It's so worth it. Think about this. Think about what Tina has talked about and what she has done and what she's overcame. And the, and the, and the excitement and, and, and 61 years old, I'm going to be 55 next year. I'm like, you, you think you'd be slow on the hiking trail. I might be slow. It's all about taking that imperfect action every single day and recognizing and rewarding yourself and appreciating yourself. Right. Think about those things. And if this, if this particular episode has inspired you, please share it. Please share it. My goal is to make this world a better place in everything that I do. And if you share this on your social media, sit there and say, hey, listen, I just had, I just watched this great conversation or listen to this great conversation for listening to it on podcasts. And here's what inspired me about it. Because together, if we can get people happier and get people get their head out of their ass and stop watching the news and focusing on negativity, this world will be an amazing place. If we go out there and help one another, love one another, lift one another up, say hi to people, right? See what you can do to make a difference in the world, starting with yourself. And then after that, start carrying that out to other people. If you want, if you're watching this, make sure you go. The link is in the in the in the chat right now. My show is on podcast, of course. You can get it on Apple Podcast. You can get it on Spotify. The links are in the chat. Support the show. Take us with you. It's show number two hundred twenty-eight. We've had some incredible shows. Debbie in the house. Uh, Lynn in the house. Thank you guys all for being here. I love and appreciate you. We'll be back here next week again, uh, Tuesday night, seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time. As always, next week, who do we have? Next week we have. Ah, Tara and Nicole. Yeah, we have Tara and Nicole. That's going to be another fire conversation about overcoming uh, adversity odds and, and, and getting out of our own way. So thank you guys. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Um, let me know what it is I could do. As always, go to noexcusescoach.com if you want to check out any of the products, any of the services that I've got going on and go out there and be your best. Be your best. Be authentically you. Okay. I love you guys. We'll see you here next time. Peace. Stay unstoppable. Stay no excuses.